0: This is the four-man rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the four-man rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Jadarius, first-timer on the hill. What's up, Jay? Uh, My man, Kev, and Will, and we're going to talk about the draft coming up. There's, There's enough bad news out there. There's enough BS going on out there. There's enough, enough, you know, <laughs> all these COVIDs and SARS and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about some football, man. Panther Nation, get ready because you guys are going to be well informed about what, what to look for in the draft um, in relation to the Carolina Panthers franchise. So um, we're going to talk about the offensive side of the football today. And basically we're going to break down the positions. We're going to talk about who we think is hot. We're um, probably not going to talk about those who are not. We're <laughs> just going to skip over that shit. So <laughs> it's all good. We're not going to waste your time. Um, so we're going to start off with Will, um, and we'll go ahead and just start with the QB position, man. And uh, we'll go from there. Actually, you know what? Let's start Let's start with the wide receiver position. We'll, we'll, we'll go wide receiver first because, I mean, we pretty much got our QB situation pretty much sorted out. Um, so we'll start with the wide receiver and, and and go from there. We'll probably wind up with quarterbacks last um, for you guys. So, uh, Will, wide receiver, what, what what you see, man?
1: This is probably the best wide receiver class I've seen probably since 2014. Wow. That year you had Amari Cooper, um, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. All those guys come out. Mm-hmm. It's just a deep class. I mean, I think at the top you got day one starting guys, Jerry, Judy you got got uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, the fastest guy in the draft, arguably the best athlete. you got CeeDee Lamb, b after at the catch, getting contested catches. So, I mean, the top is filled with very talented pass catchers. I'd be shocked. I know rumors came out this week that the Panthers were considering a receiver at seven. I'd be shocked if they took one that high. I think they would wait at day two, day three at best, just considering the depth of the class. You don't really have to take one early with a class so deep. So guys that I'm pretty much got my eye on. I mean, Justin Jefferson, he's a late first round guy. You know, if there's like a run on offensive lineman, probably, and he slips to 38, you know, I'm running to the podium to turn in the card because I just think that's a steal. At 38 plus Jefferson, no Joe's Brady's offense. They work well together. He was very productive at LSU. So that's a guy I'd have my eye on. Denzel Mims, you know, he has a relationship with Matt Rule at Baylor. You know, he ran a balled out of the combine very productive in college that's another guy i would look out for if he were to slip into the second round and just as you get further and further throughout the draft you got van jefferson from florida you know he got injured and had uh, surgery i think recently but you know he'd be a steal day three day two i mean he's a great polished route runner as good as you'll see i know uh brandon Ayuk is a guy that i've you know been coming on along so It's a very deep wide receiver class. I think with Joe Brady's offense, you want to have five guys on the field that can always threaten the defense. So as you're rotating guys in, you don't want to have that letdown. So depth is important. So, I mean, we'll see if we um, take a wide receiver late. Plus, you got to remember Curtis Samuel, you know, he's a free agent after this season, and it's going to be hard to pay him, EJ, and Robbie at the same time. So I think a wide receiver will be in play day two and day three of this year.
0: All right Jadarius please insert your knowledge now
2: um great points about Will there's a lot of great talent out here um especially I think what we're gonna need um a lot of people see the free agent signing we made and they see Seth Roberts they see Kirkwood they see Robbie Anderson but they don't pay attention to the length of those deals all those deals are short-term deals so you're gonna need somebody to be a stopgap, especially when you got Curtis getting uh getting ready to get paid this year. And you have DJ that's gonna need a, a new contract. So, so you need somebody. You need some stability that's gonna be there. I think definitely they may consider uh, taking taking a wide receiver. It may not be at the top of the draft. Maybe guys like Brian Edwards from South Carolina, um, somebody that's explosive, somebody that's reliable, kind of help be that
0: stopgap in that room. Right. That's what's up, man. Precise and to the point, man. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Kev.
3: Yeah, well for me, as far as um far as the wide receivers go, I definitely uh seen some guys, you know, I've been mostly focusing on the on the th- day three aspect of it because, you know, since Hernie can't seem to be hitting on the day three picks, I figure I'd take my shot at it. Um <laughs> you know. Uh but some, you know, day three guys for me potentially uh that I he so could possibly fall our way. Um, Will Harris put a, put me on to this guy, uh, Courtney Davis out of Texas A and M. He's a six foot one, one hundred ninety nine pound uh, red shirt junior from Texas A and think that he would be the perfect guy to, uh, you know, replace a Curtis Samuel slot position. Um, he's someone that I see as a very smooth uh, route runner with great footwork. Um, he he gets in and out of his cuts very well. Uh, I definitely think that he's someone that would win at the line of scrimmage and allow you know our quarterbacks to be able to hit him in stride and uh, definitely uh, definitely definitely take advantage because he does real good getting separation. So he's someone that I uh, that I personally like uh, as a possible day three prospect at wide receiver. Um, also, someone else that I like, I like K.J. Hill out a lot of uh, Ohio State, uh, six-foot wide receiver. Uh, he's, a, he's a senior, uh, about a buck 92. Uh, he's someone that, you know, when I watch Ohio State, you know, because they're doing a lot of games down here, he's just a real – he just kind of put me in the mind of a player that's real slippery. You know, it's just like, you know, even when teams try to press him, I know they don't do a lot of press in college, but he just seemed to find a way to – just get open quick, you know. And if you got a quarterback that's, you know, facing heat and got to get rid of the ball quick, he's definitely a type of player on your team that I think would uh, be someone that can take advantage of. Um, I like his body control. I like his foot speed, and you know, he's someone that I think has you know real nice hands as well. So um, definitely, he's someone that you know I think would be a good check down option when uh, when things are getting when things are getting tight. So um, I definitely like his uh, skill set as well. And one more guy that probably a lot of fans ain't heard of, but uh, again, watching Texas A&M, he's someone that came across that uh, that I like is uh, Kendrick Rogers out of Texas A&M. Man, you know, so many Panthers fans be calling for a big body wide receiver. Well, here you go. Uh, this kid, six foot four, two hundred four pounds. Um, here, he's someone that he was clutch. You know, when the game was on the line for Texas A&M, he seemed to be always that person that came up with that big catch to move the chains or. Uh, the big grab in the end zone. Um, you know, he, he could be, he could work on his rock running a little bit more, but uh, he was someone that I just see as a, has the ability to, you know, just come up when, when needed. Um, he's definitely great high pointing the ball when it's come to, you know, going up to go get it. Um, he's someone that can fight off cornerbacks very good. Uh, so for those of us that's in love with that big body mode. Uh, this would definitely be a day three player that would uh would uh definitely add some versatility and um to our roster. So those are just three guys that I personally have liked as day day three options at wide receiver.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. Um now we all know that you know we we have somewhat of a hole at the tight end position. So let's let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and spot on that a little bit, uh, Will. Uh, tight ends?
1: What you see? What you like? Yeah, I think I don't think there's any tight ends in this draft with first-round grades. But day two, day three, there might be some possibilities. Mm. I like a Harrison Bryant from FAU 65240. Very productive in college. Tested well. Was very good at the senior bowl. Could run routes. Needs to work on his blocking a little bit. You have um, another guy who intrigues me. He's actually a wide receiver that may convert the tight end is Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. I just think when you talk about tight ends in today's game, how they use his mismatch weapons, can split out wide, and they can outrun linebackers. They're too tall for deep DBs. Mm. You know, he can fit that mold. Uh, he weighed in at 238 pounds, which is kind of big for wide receiver. He's a capable and willing blocker, so why not? try to use him as kind of a hybrid wide receiver tied in kind of like a mismatch weapon in today's game. So he's a guy that kind of look out for that might be a good, you know, project type player to convert to the position. You know, other guys, um, you got Albert O, not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He ran a four five at oh. the combine. Um, you don't really see that. I mean, he's, the, athletic, the combine athleticism kind of flashes on tape, but he's still kind of raw and will need a little bit of work. But we do have Ian Thomas there already, so I think we can afford a guy that can come in and develop behind him that may have a higher ceiling. Um, We got Hunter Bryant from Washington, pretty solid player as well. So, I mean, there's options at the position on day two or three, I think, you know. just And then you got uh, Thaddeus Moss, you know, who worked with Joe Brady, another LSU guy that knows the system. I just think there'll be plenty of options. You know the guy from Purdue can't think of his name at the moment. You no, know, just so I mean that's a deep class, day two or day three, and I think we'd be able to find a guy that might be able to come in and contribute right away.
0: It'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be a nice, nice addition if we can get somebody that's that's you know really athletic like that. Uh, Jadarius.
2: Tight end is uh is not it's not a, a class with the standout guy at the top. Like in the years past, we've had a uh, guy from drafted by Tampa from Alabama. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, OJ, uh, OJ, yeah, yeah. You got guys like it was obviously first round talents at tight end. This year is a little different. You got probably guys that's going to go really day two, um, so second, third round. Um, but I think. A thing that's really important that uh, I believe somebody, uh, I think it was Rule, said how he likes to use his tight ends. He said, uh, you're more effective if you don't keep them in the block and you send them out um, versus a blitz. Actually, because if you send them out versus a blitz, you can use them as a release. So with that in mind, um, we're not necessarily looking, I don't think, for a traditional inline block and tight end. Uh, we're looking for somebody that's going to be able to take, uh, take advantage of the space that will be provided by Blitz. So, um, I'm looking at Cole Komet. Um, he's not a guy that's really fast. He's, he's from Notre Dame. So a guy with, um, Claypool, same team, um, different role. So he's like a guy that's, uh, he's going to get open. He's not, he ran four seven. So he's not necessarily the most athletic, but, um, he, he has good hands and he, he finds uh, holes and zones and he sits down. Um, Kelly Bryant from Washington, Will mentioned already, Um play speed is actually great. He ran four sevens, close to that number as well. Mm. But um, on, on tape, he really takes off an open field. Um, he's hard to break down. So that's something like if we wanted to see somebody to attack seems to let um, Ian work the underneath whenever we run uh, two tight end uh, sets that's going to be um, that'll be that'll be effective and Hopkins is the guy from Purdue Purdue will mention Uh, he's a he's a solid guy as well so there's definitely people there that fit the mold that we're looking for this year uh, and definitely looking to see them taking a second round third round
0: gotcha gotcha uh Kev what's up man All right. well for me for
3: uh Tight ends again, sticking with the with the day three options. Uh, I have three guys that uh I kind of then got little you know little bromance, little man crushes on per se. Uh, first guy that really sticks out to me was a kid out of Arkansas that uh, kind of caught my eye watching SEC games, watching other players. Uh, his name is uh, Cheyenne O'Grady. He's about 6'4", 250 pounds. Uh, he was a redshirt senior. Uh, I mean. We're talking about someone that has, you know, the mold that Matt Rule has said about someone with athleticism. Like, he is someone that is very athletic, and he can line up anywhere on the field, has a high football IQ. Uh, He can line up on the outside. He can line up in the slot. He can line up in line. Um, He actually has a willingness to block um, as well. I know uh, Jadaris was just saying that, uh, we like to, you know, rules looking for guys that can release versus the blitz. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can never go wrong with a tight end that, that can do a little bit of everything. And for me, uh, Cheyenne O'Grady is someone that uh, really stood out to me um, as well. Very solid hands. He's tough. He's physical. Um, he's pretty much your jack-in-the-box, you know, uh, type of player. And I think he's someone that, uh, that definitely should be on the eyes of you know, if we decide to reach you know, go for a tight end in the um uh, in the uh later stages on day three on that Saturday. Um the second player for me that I like uh comes out of Vanderbilt, actually, uh Jared Pinkney. Um, big boy here too, six four, about two fifty-five. Uh he was a um, senior that had a uh, red shirted. Now, with him, what I like about him is his ability to uh, really attack the seams. Like it seems like the middle of the field is where he's able to take advantage of like safeties and linebackers. Uh, he has a shiftiness about him, even though he's that big that just allows, you know, when you're that size and you got the ability to, you know, be quicker than fast, you know, it creates a, a lane for your quarterback to take advantage of. And he's someone that's, you know, the intermittent intermittent part of the field, you know, 10 to 20 yards. Um, down the field is someone that he he's someone that definitely can uh, take a, take advantage of. So, um, you know, pretty smart guy. He's tough. Uh, you know, good football IQ. Uh, but he's someone that definitely can um, take advantage of uh, zone person, you know, playing uh, beating the zone. So, that's someone that I look for uh, at Titan as well. And last, uh, going back out to the West Coast, uh, someone that caught my eye out early, was uh Colby Parkinson out of Stanford. Uh six seven, two fifty one. Again, you know, you know, you know, they say size don't matter. Well, you know, you know, depends on who you talk to. But, you know, again, if you're looking for a big body threat, I mean, That's this is dude. exactly what you're looking for. Six of course, seven. you know, going to Stanford, you know, definitely uh a high football IQ. Um, you know, to be to get into Stanford, you gotta have a high IQ no matter what you do. So good thing it translate over to um uh football as well um he's someone that again can do a little bit of everything he uh he can block he can catch uh he's someone that can line up in multiple positions uh the little bit of film that I have seen on him um, I've seen him you know just be a matchup nightmare in short yardage and in the red zone and at the goal line um you know just because he's 6 255 doesn't mean he doesn't He's not athletic either. I mean, he's a guy that can really create, you know, problems. Uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, what's the tight end um, for the Eagles? Uh, Was it Goder? If I'm not mistaken. I think that's his name. But yeah, he kind of puts me in the in the mind frame of him just a little bit, uh, just a little bit bigger. So um, he's someone that you know does need some coaching up, but he has the tools to uh, really provide you with a solid. Uh, option to look at if you're looking for, you know, tight ends that can do a little bit of everything. Um, So, you know, you have your more athletic tight ends out there like the Harrison Bryants and that can definitely threaten the field, but you know, again, if you're looking for someone that can do a little bit of everything, these three guys that I mentioned are definitely going to be available on day three, and I think they would be a good option for us.
0: Ain't nothing like a Swiss Army... Oops. Ain't nothing like a Swiss Army knife, man. Ain't nothing like a Swiss Army knife. You don't know where they're coming from, man. going to cut you. Or you might get that screwdriver, or you might get some other shit. Ain't I no telling, ain't no telling. Tell. Um, so hopefully we can get some uh, good quality folks on the uh, on day two and three, man. Um, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, so I guess we we'll, we'll, let's go to the offensive line because I mean we we but uh, yeah we signed some free agents, but I mean with this draft, man, it it, it seems like there's a really a, a really good bunch of talented. You know, in interior and you know, offensive tackles out there. So um, let's let's chat about those guys for a little bit, and then we'll run over to the uh, running back position, just for just for shits and giggles. You know, we all know CMC is the man, but, but you know, shit, <laughs> we're gonna break this down. Um, so, will um, O Lyman that you're loving
1: at uh, seven, I think you can. The offensive tackles that'll justify that pick would be Jedrick Wills, Makai Beckton, Tristan works or Andrew Thomas. works might be a little bit of a reach at seven, but I think with his athleticism and upside, it might be worth the shot taking him there. I think the Russell Okung trade kind of takes offensive tackle at seven off the table, but who knows with this regime? You know, I've been wrong on other things already. <laughs> So, I mean, plus with the tackle position, it's so important and valuable. I mean, I wouldn't rule that out. I think the tackle position is very top-heavy, though. Once you get out of round one, it's going to be hard to find a starter, a day-one starter, let alone an impact player. You know, is he really going to be an upgrade over what we have in little and Daly? So I think with those four guys at seven uh, could possibly be in play. At guard, I don't think there's any day-one um, guard center prospects like we've had in the past with Frank Ragnow, Billy Price or Bradbury like last year, but I do think there's some day two, day three guys that can maybe come in and contribute um, the guy that stands out to me, Matt Hennessy from Temple you know, a Matt Rule recruit you know, Matt is struggling last year, need that depth on the interior O-line he'd be a perfect fit uh, Lloyd the third from LSU you know, played in Joe Brady system. Another guy with familiarity who can come in and push paradise and possibly start next to him at guard. So I, those are the two, um, interior linemen I'd be looking at in day two and the four tackles I'd be looking at potentially at pick seven.
0: Hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. J Mac what's good. Um, I'm definitely thinking adding talent. A was, um,
2: with what we, uh, with the signing that we made with, uh, the trade we made with Okun, uh, and trading away, try, definitely want to add some stuff there, um, some some names there just to push the mm-hmm. head side. Um, so, like like my man said, Hennessy is around mm-hmm. Temple. Um, you also got the dude from, uh, um, I think it's Wisconsin, Tyler B, I'm not going to try to say the last name. Um, B.A.D.E.S. It's in his TV's, okay. Be like he's got
0: you.
2: But yeah, he's 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 a guy that that could probably he could push for a center. He could push for interior. He's a guy that can be um, can do a little bit of both there. Also, um, LSU guys, um, Damian Lewis is a guard. Um, some some I think I watched I watched some Clyde Edwards We'll talk about him later though. Um, I watched some of his film. I noticed a lot of uh, zone run type schemes. Um, and looking for looking for uh, the running back to be able to find the hole and hit it. And um, Damian Lewis with Joe Brady being a Joe Brady system, he'll have a little bit of familiarity with what's going on there and what's asked of him. So the curve for him learning will be a little bit um, smaller there. So definitely looking for people that have had um, have had who, who have been in like a rule system or like a. Uh, Joe Brady system would definitely um, be somebody who will keep an eye on.
0: Good deal, good deal. And Kev, this is somewhat your expertise, man.
3: Yeah, man, this is my steak and potatoes right here. You know this, <laughs> you know this is this is the porterhouse. You know what I'm saying coming out piping hot for me. Uh, yeah, as far as uh, you know, as far as uh, you know the tackle options here go. Uh, you know, with the trade for Russell Coon, I'm actually an o fan. I think when he, uh, when he originally left Seattle and was a free agent, I think back in 2016 or 17, um, I was pushing for him with the post Michael Orr era, but, uh, he was his own agent, worked out a deal for Denver and then worked his own deal with the Chargers. So now that we got him at 31, uh, personally, I'm one of the fans that I want to see him stick around beyond this one year. Uh, so I, I definitely see that, uh, uh, you know, Greg Little, how bad do you want it? Is what it pretty much come down to. Um, you know, is, you know at the end of the day, we, we can't continue to let, you know, left tackle be a, a question mark. We definitely got to have some periods at that left tackle position. So, you know, Greg Little, if you want it bad enough, go take it from that man. That's just how I feel. Uh, far as the, uh, far as the right tackle side, you know, with Taylor Moulton, um, I'm a Moulton fan. I, I just want to see some consistency. Uh, you know, he's pretty much... You know, was kind of up and down, and I just kind of want to see. I kind of want someone to do to him what he did to Daryl Williams when he got drafted. You know, when when we drafted Moten, you know, Daryl Williams turned in an All Pro season. You know, that year because there was some serious talent that was pushing him, and I like to see that same thing. Um, you know, happen happen to uh, Moten itself yeah. You know, coming up, he's looking at possibly a fifteen million dollar a year uh, contract. Uh, I know are, are we willing to invest that is he going to be uh worth that or are we looking to possibly see you know acquiring a, a right tackle in the draft that is almost a similar talent that would get cheaper I mean you know you have to think about these things uh so a guy that I kind of like is um, Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia uh he's a guy that um I, I found out is starting to go to draft boards but uh he's someone that's six seven three forty uh to just this is just a mauler i mean you're talking about someone that moves guys with ease and has length and power for days uh he's just someone that can uh really just make life a whole lot easier and he's smart too he's very versatile um as far as his blocking scheme now he is a right-sided player uh you know so that's why I, i like him to be someone that if was available at the right pick to uh to challenge, um, you know, Taylor Moten to you know see w- what he's worth. Uh, but if but uh, if if Moten show up, then you know that's better off us. Uh, but the interior is where I really see we can really make some strides at as far as getting better in the draft. Uh, it's uh, one guy that I like since we were talking about you know Joe Brady is uh, the center, Lloyd Cushenberry III from LSU, easily you know the most athletic. Um, interior uh player in this draft. Mm. Uh he is uh we're talking about 6'3, 312 pounds, uh super high IQ. Um he was the player that was getting um, you know, everybody in line, uh, very good run blocker. Uh he strikes with good power, good leverage. Um, he gets off very well at the second level. Uh, he's someone that that uh, get that D tackle moving for the guard and he'll come off and pop him a linebacker. You know, and 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 I'm sure Jadarius probably saw that a lot when he was watching runner backs. Uh, the runner back from LSU, you know, he can attest to that with the uh, blocking schemes. But uh, he's someone that uh, does very well uh, far as you know, being an athletic center. He's someone that I think is definitely worth uh, a day two uh, pick for us. Um, now, beyond that, you guys know I, I've been screaming this guy's name since December out of Fresno State uh, to play guard. Uh, his name is Nitain Muti. Uh, he's 6'3", Nasty is the word. You know, nasty Nitain is what I've been calling him when I've been watching him on film. I mean, this is a guy that just literally, like, he gets his rocks off on just putting you in the dirt and just taking your manhood from you. And I think that's something like that that's greatly missing from, you know, the Panthers' offensive line. Like, when was the last time you guys felt like we had someone that was just an absolute bully? in the game. You know, I think what, since Norwell, you know, um, so he's someone that I like. He, uh, he's a left-sided player. He could play, uh, left, he played a lot of left guard, but he also has a lot of reps at left tackle as well. So he's a left-sided player. Um, he will be someone that, you know, will provide, you know, that nastiness that, you know, we have to wait and see if, uh, Dennis Daly and, and Greg Little can, uh, put up to. So that's someone that I like, uh, Another guard that I like is uh, Shane Lemieux out of Oregon. Um, he's 6'4", 316. Um, he's a senior. Uh, he's someone that, he's athletic, but he's not super athletic. But what separates him is uh, his ability to maintain level paths. And anyone that that watches film knows how important it is to maintain leverage. You know, Because nine times out of 10, when you win leverage, even if a guy is stronger than you, you're gonna win the block assignment. And he's someone that, that does well not only in the run game, but in the pass game as well. Uh, he's always looking for work. Uh, he's someone that, you know, will block his man and he'll come off and help somebody else, which is something that's always a plus uh, as a guard. So definitely he's an he's a option that I can see us picking up as well. Uh, another guy that I like, again, going back to the University of Georgia, um, Solomon Kinley. Uh, he's a guy that was uh, 6'4", 336 uh, Now, he played on the left side Along Andrew Thomas mm. And man, in that right side whew, Boy, uh, Tim I think you can run for about 200 yards Behind them two big boys, I'm trying to tell you, man I mean, they they were just removing people Like, I've seen seven times on film Those two guys end up blocking Three guys total, you know, they'll get The defense lineman out of the way And, you know, they all picking up a linebacker or A DB trying to fill that gap I mean, these are some guys that are, they just simply are power movers and, and they show just enough athletic ability to, you know, be effective in the pass blocking. Um, Not necessarily their strongest asset, but they definitely do good enough to uh, buy the quarterback time. If I'm not mistaken, the quarterback from Georgia was the least sacked quarterback in the SEC. So a lot of that goes to having guys like Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas and Solomon Kinley so you know overall as far as interior players uh these are uh just some of the players that i particularly like that i think would be options for us oh yeah um let me give a quick uh shout out you know for you clemson fans out there i think john simpson uh he's someone that impressed really good in the combine six five three thirty uh senior at clemson he's got a ton of experience i mean this guy is uh he's nasty and he's powerful uh even though he's got that 6'5 height, I like the fact that he plays, again, with level pass, and he's got good footwork, and he's got good hips. So, he's someone that that can definitely um, come in and challenge. Uh, I believe he was on the right side as well. I think he plays on the uh, right side as a right guard. Um, now, if we decide to be more of a, a power run scheme type of team with our running plays, uh, this would be right up his alley. So, Uh, But he's definitely someone, you know, worth looking at picking up day two, uh, possibly day three as well. All
0: right, folks. So let's jump on over to the running back position. Now, again, I know CMC is the guy we all we all know that we got Bonifon and and uh, the, the, the young man from Florida. What's his name? Anybody? 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 Scarlett. Thank you, Scarlett. Man, give up Give Scarlet. up Give that man some burn, bro. I like that kid, man. He's tough, man. He's tough. I like that kid. Um, but you know, we'll we'll go ahead and touch on touch on the running back scene though we might not draft any. You never know. You never know. Um, so uh Will, what, what what
1: you see out there, bro? To me the best running back in this class is DeAndre Swift. Um, he'll probably be the first one Taken off the board You also got guys like Cam Akers From Florida State mm. I think he's underrated He didn't have the greatest Offensive line But I mean nice. he's up there as well He's nice I don't see us taking A running back that high though By the time we Even Consider a running back A lot of these top guys Like him uh, Like Swift uh, Akers Jonathan Taylor And I mean I think they'll be Long on uh, J.K. Dobbins They'll be off, be off the board By the time We'd even consider drafting that position. I mean, I think as the roster stands right now, you got McCaffrey, Bonifaun, Jordan Scarlett, and Mike Davis, who's still on the roster with his oh, yeah. $4 million cap hit. So I'd, I'd be shocked if we took one. I mean, if we were to take one, I mean, maybe somebody like Eno Benjamin from Arizona State later in the draft um, on that type. I mean, we saw some guys in the. Shrine Bowl that balled out and you know showed what they can do. Maybe pick up an undrafted free agent to come in and compete in camp. Find the next Philip Lindsay or something. But I just don't see us using draft capital on a running back this year. I think the room is full. And it's the, it's the way the positions just become less and less valuable. You know, I just think it's something that they may explore as an undrafted free agent.
0: Yeah. That would be the wise thing to do. Uh, Jadarius, what you think, man? Um, yeah,
2: uh, I want to see bonify get his reps, bro. That's me personally. I'm yes, a fan. yes. But <laughs> if we were to look at some uh, running backs here, we mentioned uh, Clyde here with Galera before. Um, I, I think I think Kevin like this um, profile though. AJ Dillon, this man is six foot, six foot tall, two fifty, ran four or five. <laughs> so yeah, you heard that right, six foot. About 250 Ooh, four or five, 5 coming right at you. So if we do go power, um, mm. that's something that's a little bit lacking on the roster. Even though we got CMC, CMC ran power all through college. Everybody that watched film knows that. But we don't have that. We definitely need to get We need to get somebody that can spell him. Because right. this man is getting 20, 25 touches against to some game. Mm-hmm. He's like over 500-something touches in two years. So, like... He he's the future and we have to we have to be mindful of that. So if we do go power, he's somebody that's big like the uh oh Michael Hasty. He's a real guy. Um, not not necessarily the most flashy guy. Um Will mention Eno Benjamin a little bit earlier. He's uh he's maybe like the the great value version of the Eno Benjamin. Um, but he's he's willing to do the dirty work. Uh, not bad in pass bro, even though I don't see our running backs doing much pass pro. I see them releasing out in the flat and doing all that good stuff. But um, a guy that nobody is really talking about, I'm surprised about it, is DJ Dallas uh, from Miami. Um, Played a little bit of wide receiver, played a little bit of running back. Definitely going to need that um, with how our running back room is looking right now. We have a former wide receiver playing running back in Bonafide. We have Christian McCaffrey, who's probably the best wide receiver on the team still to this day. So you want somebody that's going to be able to not only spell Christian, I'll also give you that um that as well. So that's right. these are these are some of the guys you keep an eye on. You can get all these
0: guys day two and beyond. Good point, good point. Mr. Avery.
3: Well, i will be real short and sweet with this personally. I, I really haven't devoted hardly any time to to <laughs> checking out running backs. <laughs> Why would I you? mean and, and and it's got more so to do with my belief of you know we got talent that can produce with bonifont scarlet and even armor that's not even getting touches you know what i'm saying uh, i know uh Jadares was just bringing up the uh the guy that's six foot 250 mm. uh running four five well hell <laughs> look at Armor. <laughs> that's basically, you know, someone with a similar size has got similar um, uh, speed. That's not really getting touches. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, don't get me wrong. I know I'm on the Alice Armor train, and from day one, and, and I get all that. But uh, I really personally, and I, I don't want to sit up here and, and fake like I've, you know, been looking at running backs. I, I just want the running backs we got now to get get some work. So um, yeah, free Bonifon, free Scarlet, and free Armor. That's me.
0: You weren't lying. That was short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I, I Bonifan, feed him. Armor, feed them. God for Christ's sakes, people. We got man. We got we got some decent talent on this team, man. They just not getting on the field, man. You know. Well, well, they getting on the field. They just not getting on the damn touches. But anyway, um. So let's go ahead and wrap this up with the QBs. QBs. We done signed sign Bridgewater, and we got. We got we got that young kid from um, from the XFL was PJ right? That kid can throw. Yeah, we them. got. Um, yeah, go, oh, ahead, go man. ahead, No, no. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think um, quarterback was in play up until free agency started, mm. and then at that point, I think from what I read, they were surprised that Bridgewater was available at the price he was available at. So when they were able to sign him. I don't I think that kind of was, was a change of plan mm-hmm. and drafting a quarterback early I know Marty herney made that last trip to uh, Oregon to meet with Justin Herbert you know back way back when on the, I think it was the last pro day of the year before mm-hmm. the virus went into full effect mm-hmm. so we know that um there was some interest there um to a, I mean the can't knock the kids' tape. I mean, he's a phenomenal quarterback. I just, just with the injury history, you know, mm. they really want to go through that again at the position. And you know, I think David Tepper hasn't had a season as an owner with a healthy quarterback for 16 games yet. True. So I just know that the injury issues are kind of probably in the back of their head as far as taking him. Um, and then you got the other first-round quarterback. Do not get in Joe Burrow. It's not even – it's going to go in that direction. Uh, Jordan loves an interesting prospect. Um, I don't think he's going to be in play at seven, though, either. I think more – if they take a quarterback, it would probably be another day-three project developmental type guy. I just think that's good business to take quarterbacks late, develop them, and flip them for – higher picks than what you drafted them for. worked out perfectly with Kyle Allen, the Patriots are notorious for doing that. Mm. So I'm looking at guys like James Morgan from FIU, Anthony Gordon, those types of guys, or maybe an undrafted free agent. I know they talked to a kid from Northern Colorado, like a three hour FaceTime conversation earlier this week. Mm. So I think if, if they add a quarterback to the room, it'll probably be one of those more developmental guys that they can, develop, put through the school, and hopefully flip them for a higher pick at some point down the road. And I don't have a problem with that because, I mean, what's the alternative on day three? You're going to take a guy that's not even going to make the roster or be on the team in two years. I think, you know, quarterback's the only position that's not like a used car. You can draft one for a, you know undrafted free agent or seventh-round pick and flip them for a higher pick later down the road. So it's just a better Investment to go with
0: that position, so we'll see what they end up doing.
1: Right on, right on, Jadarius.
0: Um, I'm I'm a I'm an anomaly kind of on
2: quarterbacks this year. <laughs> um, obviously you got your top guys, you know, arm talent of Tua. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, you know, you obviously got Joe Burrows. Uh, um, but for me, um, from from about QB 4, 5-ish on is a little different. I got um, a name that has been in the media for a while now. Um, he's been leading his team for a while now. It's Jalen Hurts. Mm. And a lot of people will see him early Alabama and they'll see um, how he struggled not beating teams with his arms, not necessarily making the right throws at the right times. Um, Oklahoma. When he got to Oklahoma, whatever he did, he needs to keep doing. Um, because he started throwing the ball better on time, better placement. My only thing with him is turnovers. Um, 25 fumbles in four years. So, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, That's not great. Uh, But um, he he provides you the dual threat. He'll he'll provide you with the run pass option. He's got all that. He just needs to take what the defense gives him, and he'll be able to hold down the QB spot. Maybe he'll be a backup at first. He can take it over. Just like like Dak did. Um, Dak was a little bit safer with the ball, so we'll see. Um, he mentioned uh, Anthony Gordon before. Watched film on him recently. Um, Watch team is a really air raid type uh, team. So this is a guy that average 60 attempts a game. So they're airing it out over and over and over again. Good touch intermediate and short. Uh, not bad there. Good placement. Um, not, not necessarily somebody that's going to break the game for you in the NFL. But like we'll say, you're gonna draft a guy late, uh, like day three, day late day two ish, um, to develop them, not necessarily to take over the range. So that could be a guy we're looking at, uh, Jake Fromm. A lot of people gloss over him. He's been a starter a long time in uh, at, at Georgia. Um, people labeled him incorrectly, in my opinion, as a game manager. Hmm. Watch the film on him. You'll see him on the far hash making throws like comeback routes all the way to the other side of the field and driving it um with anticipation. So and he's playing to his leverage. So what that means is like if if the guy's on his out if the corner is on the receiver's side, he's driving it in and low um to give his receiver a chance to um to make the ball, make the catch and use his body to block off the defender. So that's really good stuff. Not necessarily a, a world-beater in NFL, in my opinion. He doesn't have the arm strength like a tour or a burrow. Um, he doesn't even anticipate the, uh, when his receiver stacks. is getting ready to stack um, down the sideline like burrow does. But he'll definitely make some throws in the NFL. He has the arm. He has the, zip, he has the anticipation. And that might be a guy you might want to keep an eye out for going uh, like a, a day to
0: second or third round. Outstanding, Kev. Uh well, for me, um,
3: you know, I, I definitely look at quarterbacks a little bit more than running bats, but not too, too much. So, yeah. uh, I had a couple of guys that uh kind of stood out. Um, someone I was going to actually, uh, I thought maybe Will would have mentioned since they're from his uh, uh his alma mater was a guy named um, the quarterback from Virginia, Bryce Perkins. Uh, he's someone that I saw stood out. Um, a lot, of course, you know, playing my Tar Heels Every year, I, I definitely uh, Seen enough of him the last few years uh, He's a 6'3", 215 pound um, Definitely uh, Fits a dual threat, very athletic His uh, not Hang up, he just seems to be um, uh, He's got to work on Progression and uh, not locking On to the receiver uh, But definitely had, definitely can make all The throws, uh, he's someone that uh you know, again, would be someone that uh that would definitely uh, work good at living plays. So he was someone that kind of stood out to me. Um, someone else that crossed my eye was, uh, you know, watching Big Ten football was Nate Stanley out of uh, Iowa, uh, 6'4", 243 pounds. You know, that's <laughs> that's a pretty solid boy for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely he's your he would be your typical uh, quarterback stand in the pocket. Uh, type guy. Uh, even with that big size, he's he doesn't come off as athletic, but he's mobile. You know, he has good pocket presence. You know, he knows how to sidestep the rush, uh, he knows how to deliver, very good arm strength overall. Uh, but like I say, he's not athletic, but he, he knows how to uh, uh, move around in the pocket. Um, so he's someone that I see can definitely make good throws, particularly intermediate to deep throws. Uh, I definitely see him as someone that, you know, like I said, if you want to develop and 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 coach up, you know, if we were to go that route. So those were the two uh, quarterbacks that, you know, crossed my eye that uh, um, that I thought, you know, would be, you know, if <laughs> for whatever reason we wanted to go the developmental route, we can um, we can do that because keep in mind that uh, you know PJ Walker is on a two year contract. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is three years but it can be voided out after two years so um you know who knows And I know we got you know still got a real grid with three years left but you know mm-hmm. hey you know you just wanna you know you wouldn't be a good team a good coach if you didn't evaluate all positions uh to see what you could possibly uh possibly get better at
0: Here, here. well said sir well said well said alright folks so uh we just broke down pretty much all you need to know is as far as the offensive side of the football goes in this, uh, the 2020 draft. Um, hopefully, hopefully, um, they'll, uh, be able to hold this draft remotely and we can still look forward to the 2020 season. Hold on to your hats, folks. We do not know, but it will be nice to have some normalcy in terms of the draft and, um, getting an idea of who's going to be on our roster um going into uh July and August so um yeah yeah of, of course you guys have any questions you know feel free to uh hit up hit up us uh hit our, hit us up blah blah blah, blah um in the comment section on um uh, you know close to iTunes Podbean you know feel free to reach out of course you know you can hit us up on Facebook and all the other good stuff um so you guys have any uh, parting shots anything you uh you guys wanna wanted to mention that that we didn't mention or no? All right, <laughs> we're thorough like that. Damn it! <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. But of course, you have something to say, Jay? No, nah, I was just saying we like that man. We out here. There you go. There you go, folks there's a reason. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm
3: sorry, Ty, I was just saying real quick, um, um, you know, a lot of people been asking us, you know, when are we going to put out some, you know, film, some footage breakdown of, you know, the free agents we've done acquired and things like that. You know, since we're still, you know, piecing the team together, you know, once we get all the pieces in place, uh, we're definitely going to start dropping, you know, film. One thing about the four-man rush, we're not worried about being the first, we want to be thorough because we want to make sure that we can explain from point a to point z why we got this player what role is going to fit and how it's going to be so you know uh, just just be patient with us and you know but definitely be ready because we're definitely working on some things uh behind the scenes coming up uh, i know a lot of you guys have definitely been asking about uh will harris and his youtube channel so mm-hmm. i think you know with this quarantine i think that's something that uh Will is going to, you know, have a chance to get back out to no particular date right now, but it is in the works, folks.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that, folks. Be on the lookout. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, please do. Um, just head on over there and hit the, hit the old, uh, uh, click the old uh, the search tab option and type in the four-man rush. There's no other. <laughs> There is no other, so it'd be real easy to find, man. Um, feel free to go through there and uh, check out some of the our, uh, um, old content. Um, if you haven't binged on any of that stuff, man, it's 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 great stuff. Videos, podcasts, you you know, it's 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 real, it's real. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to it, and you'll get that you get that uh, notification, man, whenever we drop something new. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, all right, so folks. uh Stay safe out there Um, If you go out the house If you're going out the house And you're non-essential personnel What the f*** is wrong with you Keep your butt in the house Stop playing games You're gonna get my mama sick (laughs) Stop playing games Shoot Wrong with y'all Can't watch a game If you're six feet under Stick around It's gonna be one heck of a season If we actually have one Anyway so, on behalf of the Four Man Rush, and uh, hey, big shout out to Jadarius, man, you did a good job, bro. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Um, and uh, we'll have uh, our man Vince on here pretty soon. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, these guys know their stuff, especially when it comes to uh, uh, collegiate scouting and things of that nature. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep that coming at you, coming at you guys too. So, um, on behalf of the Four Man Rush. Uh, We'd like to thank you guys sincerely for checking out our podcast, uh, episode number 53. Um, Be sure to check out episode 54 um, when we talk about the uh, the defensive side of the football, which is my favorite side. Um, And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, collegiate prospects in that regard. Right on. Um, So if you listen to this podcast in the morning, the afternoon, or evening, we sure do appreciate you. We hope you are taking care of yourself, take care of those around you. Wash your hands. If you have a, if you have a mask, put it on. If you have gloves, put it on. If you're leaving the house, please, please be careful, folks. Um, we, we 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 haven't even capped off on our uh, on how how many people have contracted this uh, this virus. So be be, be careful out there. Um, and we really appreciate you guys. And uh, as always. Keep pounding. Where? In there like swimwear. Yeah. Good job, Jake. Yes, sir. time to really let breathe. baby, just chill.
2: She loves it. We are in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill under covers do on me
0: you love us. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to The Four Man Rush exclusively. Thank you.